Welcome to the Anchored Podcast with Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I am so excited that you've tuned in, and it is my prayer that these messages will always help you to remain anchored, regardless of what storm or what season you're navigating. I pray that God would speak to your heart today and that you will never, ever, ever be the same again. Stay connected to Fellowship Chicago. This is Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I pray you stay anchored. Peace, peace. God is going to do something new. Here is what I've discovered that one, here it is, take note, you and I must dismiss past preoccupations. In other words, we have the tendency of becoming consumed in our thoughts on past elements as it relates to how God moved or even how we've lived in the past. And if indeed we're going to experience the new thing of God, as stated again, we must dismiss past preoccupation. In other words, we must get to a point in place that we dismiss past preoccupation with God's favor. What do you mean God's favor? How God blessed and how God even granted breakthroughs in the past. Don't become so preoccupied with what God did in the past that you begin to assume that God cannot do anything beyond what he did in the past. And that is when you enter into a state and place of preoccupation where it begins to consume you and control you to the extent that you cannot see anything beyond that. Even before we get down to Isaiah 18 and 19, the text says something interesting in verse 16 and 17. That is why whenever you and I preach, you and I must not even preach or even study the word of God and just look at it within one particular text. But rather, we must look at the context, the totality of scripture and listen to what he says in 16 and 17. He says, thus says the Lord, who make ways in the sea and paths in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse and army and warriors, and they lie down and they cannot rise. They are extinguished and they are quenched like a wick historical point of reference to their exodus out of Egypt. That God who delivered you by way of Moses out of Egypt led you ultimately to the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. But between where you have been and where you're going, he led you through the Red Sea. God, it is, Yahweh, the text says, made ways in the sea, passed through the mighty waters, And even when Pharaoh's chariots and even horsemen were coming after you, he says, even their armies and their warriors, God says, I made them lie down in the Red Sea. And I have not allowed them to rise up at all. And I've extinguished them and I have blown them out like a wick on a candle. You did catch that, didn't you? It's one pathway. It's one way out. But notice that the path of deliverance for one was the path of destruction for the other. That for Israel, it was a path of deliverance that delivered them. But for Pharaoh, it was a path of destruction that ended up killing them. That's why you got to be careful who you copy. And be careful who you follow. Because you're following the wrong person can be fatal. Notice what happens. God says, however, as amazing as that was, as incredible as that was. Here is what he says then later in the text. In verse 18, he says, now forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Did you catch it? It is almost as if he's saying in 16 and 17, I want you to remember what I did. Open up the Red Sea, delivered you. He says, now that you have that point of reference of what I was able to do in the past, 
He then comes to verse 18 and says, now forget that. Sounds like a bit of a contradiction. No, it's not a contradiction. God is saying, here's what I want you to do. Don't get so caught up with what I did that you can't anticipate or see what I'm about to do. Because you can become so preoccupied with past favor. You do understand that is, that is the potential, that is the potential danger of a church celebrating 72 years. And I can speak about that because Elizabeth, the church to which I pastor, celebrate 95 years. And the danger is, is that we can get so caught up on past favor of how Elizabeth once was. And we end up, here it is, having a point of reference in the past. And when you get caught up, watch this here, with past favor, you fail to recognize God's preferred future. Because God has something greater beyond what happened in the past. Does that make sense? He says, here is what I need you to do. Remember what I did. Now forget it because I don't want you to become preoccupied with my past favor. God says, as a matter of fact, God says, I am so much God. God says, I am so much God that I can outdo myself. Because <laughs> you really think my making away in the Red Sea was all that I really was able to do. God says, I'm so much God. Have so much power that I can outdo myself. God says, a matter of fact, my making away in the Red Sea is just everyday activity for me. So as a matter of fact, let me show you how miracles are just an everyday part of my agenda. Are you breathing right now? That's a miracle. You didn't keep yourself alive. You could have had an aneurysm. You could have had a heart attack. God says, I've kept you alive. He says, miracles, watch this here now. Here it is. Miracles are everyday activities for God. That's why we get shocked when he performs one. Think about that for a moment. Do you really think God performs a miracle and shock himself like oh wow God can't get shocked by his own miracles God says I, 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 I perform miracles for your benefit for your good and then for my glory and he says, and when I do something good, great, and wonderful, don't become so preoccupied with it to the extent that you begin to look at my past favor at the expense of your preferred future. Because God says, I can do greater things than that. Can you imagine that just after watching that amazing video, God is sitting in heaven saying, and they really think I've done something. <laughs> that they, really, they really think that's something. I got a preferred future beyond what they can even imagine. Thus Paul says, now unto him. Am I making sense now? Who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power that works within you. God says, I can do more than your wildest imagination. But I can't do it if you become preoccupied with past favor. Here's the second one. He says, not only must you resist the urge and the temptation of becoming preoccupied with past favor, 
But you must also resist the urge of becoming preoccupied with past failures. Because if there's one thing that would cause you not to be able to see God's preferable future, it's not just the tower of favor, but the twin tower of failures. That you can't see God doing anything greater in your life because of how you, quote, quote, have made a mess of your life in the past. I can't begin to share with you the countless amount of people that live in, here it is, condemnation, guilt, and shame because of past failures. And you can't believe that God is going to do something greater in your life because you're still stuck on how you, quote, quote, messed up in your life. This, this is why I argue that Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, to me, is not, this, this is just me, it's not really the hoop line of the passage, of this pericope. That's typically where the pastor preacher would hang his or her homiletic hat and would get happy. That's, that's when the organ ties in with the preacher. That's when we turn gear, and that's when we hoop and holler, and that's when you get excited. That's why, you know, even when I read this verse, that's why some of you are like, oh, yeah. God's going to do a new thing because everybody wants a new thing. But to me, that's, that's not really the shouting material. Shouting material is not 18 and 19. The shouting material is actually verse 25. Here, here's, here's, here's the verse that makes me shout. Here's the verse that makes me excited. Here's the verse that makes me run. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remember your sins no more. Hoop, hoop, hoop. That's the hoop line. That's right there. That's, that's the hoop line. See, the only ones can, that can get happy at verse 25 are folks who know they have some transgressions that they need blotted out. I'm, I'm, let, me, let me help you. I'm talking about the things that you're just grateful nobody else know about and that only you and God knows. And God says, now I'm going to block that out. I'm going to act like that didn't happen. See, as long as you're still sitting there with a self-righteous attitude, like you've never had any transgressions you needed God to blot out. I understand why you're not getting happy. But at least 50 of us in here can testify. Verse 25, that's my verse. Because ain't nobody know like I know some of the stuff I've done in my past. And to hear that God says I will blot out your transgressions. And here's the shouting part. And remember your sins. No more. That ought to make any save sinner shout that my sins God says I won't remember them I, I, I will the God who is omniscient that knows everything says I'm going to blot it out and I'm going to act like I don't even remember it Now, the problem why many of us can't live in the space of forgiveness and forgetfulness over our sins is because we have, in every church, every family, we have scorecard keepers. You know the folks I'm talking about? They got, they got the scorecards of all your sins, everything you've done. You remember when? Every church got a committee 
of scorecard keepers. And typically the chairman of the scorecard keeping committee is typically the chief among sinners. Now I'm just telling you, now watch out for the ones that's always talking about, did you, you heard? Watch out for that person. Child, I got, I got some tea. Here's the reality. We all, we all have some. We all got some transgressions. We all got some sins. Because all have sinned. All have come short of the glory of God. But the shouting part is that the God that we serve says if you will confess your sins he says i'm faithful and i'm just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness god says i will blot out how would you respond let me let me see if i can bring it domesticate the doctrine just a tad bit more let me domesticate the doctrine let me bring it down let me let, here, here it is. How would you feel if all three, let me just see how you respond. All three, if TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax came together and all three said, what I'm going to do for you, all your debt, I'm going to blot it out. All your debt, I'm going to blot it out. And I'm going to give you a perfect score. God says, well, listen, if you get happy over transunion and experience and Equifax, God says, when I pull up your record in heaven, after you've confessed your sins and after you have accepted my grace of forgiveness, God says, your record in heaven has been blotted out. And if God has blotted out your record, if God says, I remember your sins no more, there ought to be some rejoicing. God says, I can't do a new thing when you're constantly walking around with, 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 here it is, with boulder and chain. That you're constantly just dragging around your past of what you used to do. I don't care how egregious the sin is. That's, and he, le he leaves it blank. Sin is sin. <laughs> Let's work with that a little bit. Sin, sin is sin. James says, as a matter of fact, you do understand there's no hierarchy of sins. That's what y'all made up when you've come up with the big list of sins. James says, as a matter of fact, if you sin in one point of the law, you're guilty of them all. And one of the greatest sins that most people commit that they fail to confess is a sin of self-righteousness. That's a sin as if you act as if you have not sinned and that you're a tad bit better than the next person sitting next to you. But he says, here it is, don't become preoccupied. If I'm going to do something new, don't become preoccupied with past favor. And don't become preoccupied with past failures. God says, here it is, so dismiss past preoccupations. 
So that second of all, here's where it makes sense. You can discern providential possibilities. He says, now, from my perspective, there are some providential possibilities. He says, I, I'm, I want to do something new. And he says, so remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Be behold, I am doing a, a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I love it. He says, A, first of all, consider the undeniable promise of God. Behold, I will do a new thing. I will do a, a new thing. I, I will do something unconventional. I will do something unorthodoxed. I, I will do something that is unusual. I will do something that is absolutely unthinkable. I do something that is unimaginable. I would do something that is unprecedented. I would do something that is unplanned. I will do a new thing. And this is the undeniable promise of God. And God says, I will do it. But every church not only has, watch this here, a scorecard committee. Every church also has a let's go back to Egypt committee. Every church, every church. See, this, this is the unofficial auxiliary in every church. Now, and I know you have a list of all your ministries and auxiliaries, but there's one auxiliary that never gets printed. It's called the Let's Go Back to Egypt auxiliary. You remember when God was trying to bring the Israelites out of Egypt, trying to take them to the promised land? God says, I want to do something new to you. You've been, you've been in Egypt for 400 years now, and I'm trying to take you to your preferable future. And as soon as they had hardship, the first thing they said to Moses, Moses! Told you you should have left us alone. We had maladjusted ourselves and have taken on and acquiesced the attitude of adjusting ourselves to Egyptian living. You come down here talking about I am told you to tell us to let my people go. We was fine working our good government job. It don't matter we had to make bricks with no scrolls. We don't care. We, we, we've adjusted ourselves. And now we're out here in this wilderness on our way to the promised land. And now we've had some hardships. So I got a committee. It's called the committee that says that, that is entitled, let's go back to Egypt. Now they're en route to the promised land. But one of the committee leaders, let's go on back. You remember, you remember we had a good working for Pharaoh. Oh, Master Pharaoh wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. We, we have learned to adjust ourselves to oppression. You don't mess around and brought us some liberty. They wanted liberty without any pain. Every, every church got a committee. Let's go to, let me show you how you can identify. I'm going to show you how you can identify. You know, you know, you know, and you know who that 
let's go back to Egypt committed member is when, 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 you have a, when you have a church ministry meeting and when they don't show up, you can get out of that meeting quicker than usual because you don't have Madam or Mr. Lagger show up. They're always trying to lag you back to where it was. Why, why we can't go back to doing it? Who want to see the, the heart, the easy part with Moses was bringing the people out of Egypt. The hard part for Moses was getting Egypt out of the people. Because the first step towards freedom is detoxification. Detoxification happens before true deliverance. See, most folks got so much Egypt in them. They constipated with Egypt. So whenever they talk, they talk Egypt talk. Egypt, well, I remember when. I remember when. Well, you and when, going on back to where y'all came from. Ain't nobody trying to go back to Egypt. God says, I'm trying to do something new. And I can do something new if you'll get out the way. Now, you do understand, it would be wise to get out of the way of God's new thing because you can do it by force or choice. Because God, you do understand, his program is not going to be held up. But madam, I missed it. Let's go back to Egypt. God allowed a whole congregation. This is in the Bible if you choose to read it. He allowed a whole congregation to have their final destination in the wilderness. He said, you want to go back? Well, your final destination is here. And I'll wait for the whole new generation that want to do a new thing. Now, I'm sorry. The theology that comes from the Bible, God does not tolerate at, at some point, his long-suffering for regressive thinking becomes short. He says, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have time for that. And so, if you really don't think the church can move on without you, I dare you to mess around and die. I double-dog dare you. Let me tell you what's going to happen. You mess around and die, come next Sunday, they're going to have church. Come next Sunday, they're going to roll you right out of here, take you to the local cemetery, and going to have a repast after they rolled you out. They're going to actually eat dinner. They're going to actually eat dinner after you're gone. And guess what's going to happen? Church going to keep on moving on. Can I tell you why? Ride on, King Jesus. Because no man can hinder you. God says, I want to do something new, not just institutionally but individually not just in the church but in your life so it's an undeniable promise it's an unimaginable performance God says now it shall spring forth God says there's a sense of urgency now in this moment now Joseph Walker no opportunity wasted now it shall spring forth God says, I'm not waiting. This is not some pie in the sky later by and by. 
new thing. God says, I want to do it now. And I can only do it now if you are now ready. Listen to this. You do understand. Listen to this. Come here. I'm Craig. I'm your friend. Listen to this. Here. You and I only have a short time to live. I'm not trying to be morbid. This is reality. And we have no opportunity to waste. I'm finished. Just play softly. That'll help me cut across the field. So your attitude ought to be, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season. Don't do it without me. What is it that you've been anticipating asking God to do in your life? And you've been asking for the same thing over and over for years. But love, now it just spring forth. But it can't happen, the new thing, if you're stuck on old. Your addictive old behavior has to stop. <laughs> Have you ever watched a show, Hoarders? My wife and I, we, we watch the show. It's, it's just interesting, just a psychological trauma that triggered people to get to a point in place that they hold on to stuff that has no value. I'm talking about, it's to the extent, stuff that no one want, no one cares for, but them, and they end up living in a cluttered life of old stuff that has no value. Let me ask you, it may not be stuff, but it may be ideologies that has cluttered your mind, cluttered your heart, that God says, I want to do something new, but I can't because you got so much old in you. And I'm not talking about old as it relates to the tradition of how things have been done. But old to the extent, here it is, that it has no current day value whatsoever. Now, it's, and it's interesting how you become rather selective in what you want to keep old. Nine times out of ten, you still don't have an old rotary phone. If you're trying to make a call, you're not going outside talking where to pay phone. See, we, 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 we can embrace some of the new stuff outside the church, but when we come into church, we still got a pay phone mentality. Everybody want to go back. If you... No, Holy Ghost, I'm going to leave that alone. Let, 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 let me go. I got a flight to catch. It was interesting to watch the video and to see how it was chronologically arranging how in each of their unique generation they did something new. Yeah. Dr. Evans, that was new. He was a leader ahead of his time. Charles Jenkins, new. He was doing stuff ahead of his time. Reginald Sharp? New. Young. Has the legs. 
Did you, did you watch when the two of them was jumping? <laughs> Pastor Jingles jumping high. But later on in that jump, he, all right. And then I, I don't miss nothing. But Reg was still up there jumping, still up there jumping. <laughs> and then he looked at Jenkins as if to say, okay, you don't stop jumping. I'll stop jumping too, though. But I still got more jumping me. Here's the reality. Because God brings young generation, your old men, old women, to dream dreams. And what they was dreaming, your young, to take the dreams of those older and make them reality. But you got to be willing to embrace new and not hoard old ideology. The unstoppable provisions. And God says, and here's what's so amazing about what I'm going to do in this season. I don't have to change your setting in order to bless you in the season. He says, even in a wilderness, inhospitable setting, I'll still make a way. Even in your desert, I'll still bring rivers. Because I don't have to change your setting to bless you in your season. I'll still bring rivers and I'll still make a way. God says, I'll do something new. Even in an inhospitable place. For free, I'm done. You know, most of us, we miss out on some of the blessings of God. Because we're always trying to change settings. God says, can you just sit down somewhere? Because you honestly believe if I can just get out of here, just go somewhere else. God says, but the problem with going somewhere else, you're going to run into you. And it was never the setting, it was you. So if you just sit down somewhere, let me work on you. And I can bring, here it is, transformation to where you are. I make a way in the wilderness i'll bring rivers in your desert and i will enable you to bloom where i've planted you and that's what makes the miracles of god so amazing because you honestly think that you got to be somewhere different than where you are for god to bless you god says no you can be right where you're located and i can bless you right there here it is dismiss past preoccupation discern providential possibilities and diligently participate in the process. I'm leaving for real. If you're going to participate, you got to counsel your fears. When you look at Isaiah 43, verse 1 down to verse number 2, he says, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Pull yourself together. What God is going to do new in your life, you cannot function in fear. Fear will demoralize you. Fear will paralyze you. Fear will get you to a point in place that you never seize the new thing. Counsel your fears. Concretize your faith. This is a season that you have to build your faith. Third of all, you have to conceive your future. You got to recognize that God has a preferable future for you. Will you say that after me? God has a preferable future for me. 
eyes have not seen, ears have not heard the wonderful things that God has in store for you. Hey, fellowship, I pray the Lord's richest blessings upon you. I pray that you will embrace the new thing that God has for you. Be blessed. Come on, y'all, stand to your feet. Can we thank God for this rich word, this rich word that has been deposited today. Thank you, Dr. Craig L. Oliver. Thank you, Letty Cleo. Come on, come on, stand to your feet. Listen, I want you to stop moving if you're moving. We don't do that. We don't do that. We don't act ghetto fabulous in the house of the Lord. We know that after the word, somebody has to make a decision to accept Jesus Christ so that they can walk into their new season. Congratulations, you already may have yours, but somebody's in your vicinity, somebody's on your roll, and God needed to deposit all of that message into our lives today because we've been hanging on to past favor and past failures and God is like, let it all go. Let it all go, because I have something new for you. Our deacons are coming. Listen, if that's you, and you're like, I don't know Dr. Oliver, but I know that word was for me, and I want to accept Jesus Christ, because if any man be in Christ, any woman be in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Come on, shake my hand. It's a new season. It's a new season. It's a brand new day. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Come on, come on, flowing my way. Bless you. Welcome to your new season. It's a season of power. Come on, somebody else needs to come. Come on up the balcony. Walk down the stairs and come on and shake my hand. Come into me. Come on, get a little bouncing and say, It's a new season. It's a brand new day. Fresh anointing. Fresh God bless you. God bless you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Season of power. And prosperity. It's a new season. It's a new season. Coming to me. If you need Christ, come on. If you need a church home, Come on. If you need to make some changes, come on. I see some folk coming out the balcony. Y'all get real, real loud for salvation. Get real, real loud for rededication. Come on. Get real, real loud. Come on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on. Welcome, welcome into your new season. Welcome into your new season. Who else am I waiting on? Who else am I waiting on? Who else am I waiting on? Who else? Everybody, come on, one more time. Let's sing it like you know. It's a new season. It's a new season. We got a long day. Wake up, wake up. It's a new day. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Going my way. Season of power. It's a new season. It's a new season. Coming to me. It's a new season. 
coming to me. Anybody else? One more time. It's a new season. It's a new season. Yeah. It's a new day. Provisions, unstoppable blessings. It's a new season. It's a new season. It's a new season. It's a new season. Come on, brother. Hey, it's a new season. 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 Blessing, favor, strength, grace, season. Come on, anybody else need to come? We celebrate you, we love on you, we thank God for you. One more time, say season. In a new season, hey. I'm walking in my new season. Listen, I want to welcome you, 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 and you. Five people have come to accept Christ, join the church, or rededicate their lives back to Christ. Fellowship, can you holler one last time from your soul and say, Thank you, Lord? We welcome you into the family of fellowship, but ultimately the family of God. I pray that we are able to help you be ushered into your new season, that new thing that God is about to do. My brother, praying for you, I see greatness in your eyes. I see greatness in your eyes. Let that old stuff go. It's so much more in front of you. Tell the person beside you, you are living in a season of unstoppable favor. Tell them unstoppable provisions. I'm just saying what the preacher said. Tell somebody else, you're in a season of unstoppable provisions. Tell them, do you know what that means? Tell them, either way it goes, you gonna be all right. You gonna be all right. You gonna be Baby, I'm too lit. Y'all ready to go home. We thank you. Our First Touch ministry is standing here. We want to welcome you all into the family. Y'all help me make some noise. Help me make some noise. Say we gon' be alright. Say we gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. Say we gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. Hey, do you hear me? Do you hear me? Y'all so ready to go. It's alright. I'm telling you, as you leave, as you leave, we want you to know that God has you. Bring your way down. Listen, don't miss this. I don't care how tired you are. Let your soul hear me, if you, even if you can't hear me. The preacher said he's going to make a way 
in the wilderness. God's going to send rivers in the desert. And he called it unstoppable provisions. When you leave out of here, write that down somewhere where you can. I am living in unstoppable provisions. I don't care who's trying to kill you. I don't care who doesn't like you. I don't care what you have to face tomorrow at school or on your job. You are living in a season of unstoppable provisions. The Spirit spoke to me and said, hey, it's a good place to sow into our pastor Meredith and his family. And so here, 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 listen, I'm not going to beg you to give, but I want everybody who can do it, grab you something close to a $40 seed, if not exactly $40. And we're going to sow into our pastor emeritus today because I believe in this atmosphere with all the blessings God's been dropping on us, nothing you give is a waste of time. So if you're online, I want you to go ahead and give and put in the memo section, PCJ. If you're writing a check, write it to Pastor Charles Jenkins or Fellowship. We'll make sure to put in the memo line, this is for Pastor Meredith. So we're going to sow right now. We're going to sow right now. Everybody who can, get as close to you can to a $40, $40 seed. And let's sow into it. Come on, bring it. Bring it right now. Do it online and put in the memo. If you're giving online virtually, PCJ or Pastor Meredith. Come on, move, move, move. I, I know we can do it. I know we can do it. I know you can do it. It's the end of the month. It's the end of the month. And God's going to make provisions as we leave. We're going to leave sowing into the Jenkins family. We're going to leave sowing into the Jenkins family. I dare you to sow. Whenever you sow into a man or woman of God, I'm telling you, you reap something that is unexplainable. I gave my last $20 one day for my pastor's anniversary, E. Dewey Smith Jr. And before I left the room, two people walked up to me and handed me $100 bills. I'm trying to tell you, when you sow, and it ain't all about money coming back. There are resources that you can never, ever pay for. Do I have a witness in the room? Come on, come on, let's sow, let's sow, let's sow, let's sow. Let's sow, thank you, thank you, thank you. I see our leaders, men, women, children sowing. Come on, get as close as you can to that $40 seed. We're going to sow. We're going to sow. We're going to sow. I thank you. We're going home after this. There's nothing else. Season. Season. Blessing. Blessing. Favor. Favor. Increase. Increase. Power. Power. Strength. Strength. Anointing. Anointing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Come on. So. Come on and sow, come on and sow, come on and sow. I know it's a faith move, it's a faith move, it's a faith move. Some of y'all looking at me, I, I dare you to move, I dare you to move. I'm talking to you who's saying, I ain't got it, I dare you to move today. I double dog dare you to trust God in the area of giving. I'm talking to you that ain't moved. You know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to you. And you sitting there debating, should I do this? I already gave my tithes. I already gave my offering. God says, I dare you to stretch. Stretch your faith. Stretch your faith. You can't beat God's giving. He'll put an angel on your car down Lake Shore. He'll make sure that a burglar who is trying to mess with your house will skip your house and your whole neighborhood. He'll keep you from falling. 
you thank you young man 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 I love to see the young folk giving come on come on I'm waiting on somebody else who's about to move come on move 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 by faith let's so let's so let's so let's so it's a good day to do it it's a good day to do it it's a good day to do it I'll see y'all tonight doors open at 7 30 church begins really at 9 but the music ministry begins at 8 15 so please make sure you're already seated and you're comfortable in the room it's a once in a year kind of event so come out sacrifice we'll get you out i promise we're gonna get you out of here no later than 10 30 starts at 9 10 30 unless the holy ghost takes over i'm gonna get you out at 10 30 did i say 10 30 that's that's my promise Anything past that, I ain't got nothing to do with it. Yeah, I love to see our youth giving. Y'all give our youth a hand. Pastor Jenkins, we love you. We honor you. Dr. Tar Ross Jenkins, we love you. Everybody standing, lift your hands to the Lord. Thank you for not leaving before the benediction. I'm so glad that I pastor a mature church. And even when service gets a little long, God is still good. And we don't do it like this every week, but this was a special day, closing out a special month. So thank you for your patience. I pray that that word Dr. Oliver deposited into you, you take what you could take and apply it to your life. I'll see you tonight and I'll see you next Sunday. Lift your hands as high as you see yourself going. May your struggles keep you near the cross. May your troubles show that you need God. May your battles end the way they should and may your bad days keep on proving that God is good. I pray that your whole life keeps on proving that our God, your God, my God is still good. In Jesus name let the church say amen. Amen and amen. Hug somebody, dap somebody up tell them make it a great week. Tell them make it a great week. Come on. Season Season. Blessing Favor Say season, season blessing, blessing, favor, favor increase. Y'all yeah. have a great week. Have a great week. Have a great week. Hey family, I pray you've been blessed by this message that God gave me. I hope you stay connected to Fellowship Chicago through YouTube, Facebook, or our website. Go to fellowshipchicago.com today and make sure that you stay updated on all of the great things that are happening on the ship. Until we meet again, may you be blessed by the power, the peace, and the provisions of God.